Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. All right, Hi and Bloom, you might know him from uh, such educational films as uh, the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox. Hi, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. I brought you a T-shirt and everything. The problem is, is that I'm, I, I'm just telling you this ahead of time. I got a medium and an extra large. It feels like you're sort of a large, like a, a not a large guy, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm certainly of those two choices. I'll take the extra large. You will? I, yeah, I usually would go extra large. I don't know that. Uh, I mean, check back at the end of spring training <laughs> when I'm in better shape. But I don't know that I, you know, that I'm in good enough shape. To Are you start a sleeve cutter? Like, could you cut off the sleeves? Definitely not. No, no tricep popping. No, <laughs> no, there's not enough to show off there. Uh, so I guess the first question is, and once again, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's busy. We're heading into the GM meetings. Um, but have you been recognized yet? Like this is, it seems like it's it's a stupid question, maybe for a lot of markets, but I find it fascinating because I've talked to so many players who have never been recognized, and you've been here a week and a half. It has happened a couple of has times. Has it really? Yeah, uh, and you know, certainly, uh, I'm not flattering myself. It hasn't happened a ton. I usually have found that I can walk down the street uh, relatively but normally, but it has happened a couple yourself. times. I'm not asking. Yeah. I know it's an awkward, you're, you're self-deprecating, but I, but it's just a reality, right? Now. Yeah. No, and you know what? That's part of the what goes along with the, the passion of the fans in this city and this market. Like, that is, it's great. It has happened a couple times. Uh, look, I'm not in it for that. I'm, we're just trying to <laughs> put a good product on the field, but, uh, you know, it has happened a couple times since, yeah, autographs, since coming here. Autographs included? No autographs yet. Are you were one of these kids that practice your autograph i i did <laughs> no and if you saw my autograph you would really? see how uh 
you would think that if I had practiced it, it was a big waste of time. <laughs> it's, I mean, but it, I was going to say they don't teach cursive anymore, but it's, you know, maybe if you went to Yale. They, they I might. did learn cursive actually growing up, but, uh, you yeah. know, we're still talking about this being like the late 80s and early 90s when, <laughs> when people still wrote a lot. Still, yeah. still, still, Newt Flash, you still know how to use cursive. I do. But yeah. you do know what? When you type something, you do not put two spaces between the punctuation. That's an old school typing thing. I grew up doing that. Did you really? But okay. that was a habit that I broke pretty early when I realized that uh, it just wasn't it. the way you were supposed to do it in the modern age. <laughs> um, so, okay. Well, so we get that out of the way. <laughs> the important stuff. Yeah, the, impor- out of the, way. the important stuff. Um, I just want to, obviously, we have a lot of tough decisions coming up where, where, you know, it was a tough situation for you when you're thrown in that press conference. What about Mookie? What about JD? What about this? What about that? Uh, I just want to go back first about sort of the decision-making process that you were born and bred on in Tampa. We have gone through a bunch of decisions that were made when you were there. Can you identify maybe the toughest transactional decision that that you made, and I—I I mean, I could take a guess, but maybe it's some the, the the thing that I wouldn't be guessing at. Well, there are different ways to look at this. I think one of the things that stands out to me, you know, and over time, I'm really proud of what we uh, were able to do there, and uh, you know how much we were, you know, able to make of, uh, you know, the circumstances that that we were in, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, unfortunately for us now that that good work is going to continue because there's a lot of really good people there and there's a lot of talent there. Um, but oftentimes, you know, in the course of doing that, you run into, you know, some, some hard decisions where, uh, you know, there's a couple things that are involved. Sometimes you are doing something because you feel really strongly that it may, that it will have an ultimate payoff down the road when you have a core together. But in the moment, in the moment, you know that it's going to upset people and that it's upsetting to do. And layering on top of that, some of those decisions involved moving players that I personally felt very connected to and very close with. Uh, you know, obviously there is some separation given the different job descriptions uh, that we have, you know, relative to our players. But, you know, I, I'm someone, as, as I, you know, have talked about that, you know, people and relationships are very important to me. And I think that you get more out of your organization, out of your players when you are accessible to them. Well, because a lot of people, a lot of people will say, not a lot of people, but some executives will say, I keep my distance. Yeah, there is a certain, you know, distance to some degree you need to keep. And you also have to recognize that the players uh, need that to some degree. They are there to live their own lives and do a job. And, uh, you know, we're not players. We're in a different role. But I also think it's important to be accessible to them. And it's important to be able to be as open and genuine with them as you can. Um, you, you can't just say that you care about them as people. You have to demonstrate that. And, you know, over time, I think then in some cases, for various reasons, you might end up, you know, moving a player, moving on from a player, and the personal side of it makes things harder. Now, you still have a job to do, and you still have to do your job. Our job here is to do the best thing um, for the Boston Red Sox mm-hmm. in the big picture. And so, you know, you still have to keep that front and center and you try to separate the two as best as you can. But recognizing that some of these guys have either personal significance to us or larger significance to the organization, that does make some of these things harder. Uh, it's part of the business. It's something we all take on. Uh, but it, but it can be hard at times. So Longoria, <laughs> Longoria is one like once again that I, I would I would guess because for obvious reasons. You knew him. You, I mean, you came up through the organizations with him. 
Uh, you also knew, like you just said, that decisions have to be made and and you have to be secure in the decisions. That must have been an outlier in terms of anything you've done there uh, in that organization. I think the significance that Evan had and really still has in that organization is, is unique, mm-hmm. um, and rightly so given what he accomplished, how much a part of all the success that he was, uh, the, the professional that he is, you know, who, who he is, what he represents, that was very unique in terms of emotionally how we felt it. But there's certainly other players over the years, um, you know, that I personally felt that same way about, the guys that were either, you know, you talk about like a Ben Zobrist, who's a, such, a, such a good person and a true pro that, uh, you know, really epitomized so much of what our organization became. Um, or guys, you know, that came up through the system that you got to know, and obviously Evan being one of those mm-hmm. guys that you that you saw, even in the case of some guys who were high school drafts, you'd known them since they were 17 or 18, and you got to see him grow and flourish and overcome some challenges and become productive big league players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but with that, you know, there's still you're, you're still excited uh, in the bigger picture sense, um, you know, for what the deal might have a chance to accomplish for your organization, what you're getting back. Uh, so you feel all those things, and I, I think it's important not to run from any of those things, but mm-hmm. it, it, our job still is to keep that bigger picture in you, mind. I mean, that's people. some of the other GMs I've talked to, people who know you a little, even a little bit, that's one of the things that jumps to, to the conversation, which is your ability to make tough decisions, um, your ability to do what you're talking about, which is understanding, hey, listen, I feel bad I have to do this, but this is the, th- the, the right thing to do. Was that something that evolved with you, or was that something that somebody said, you're, just, you're going to have to get your head around this, where you are just going to have to make tough decisions, move on, know that they're right, and then go from there? Well, I don't think it was any sort of external mandate from anybody. I think a lot of it just comes from, you know, realizing what your job is and that you're competing. We're competing against 29 other teams. Like it or not, the these decisions will find you, and, and you're much better off um, recognizing that up front and recognizing that uh, just if you happen to, uh, you know, elude one today, it might come back in some other form tomorrow and it might come back in a form you can't control or you might realize that you missed an opportunity or that you're too late with something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that isn't just, you know, not just obviously talking about moving players off the team, but you might have had an opportunity to acquire someone that it might have been a little counterintuitive at the time. You might have been sticking your neck out there a little bit and then, you know, you wait and the guy might go out and prove himself. And now he's much harder to acquire. Mm-hmm. So it, it will kind of hit you on the back end. And I, I think the best way to think of it is you want to have a good process behind everything that you do as much as you can. And that's never going to be perfect, and it shouldn't be perfect. We should always be looking to improve it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you believe in your process, then I think you have a way uh, of making these decisions um, you know, a little more calmly and rationally where there is always going to be some difficulty to them. You're always going to be gritting your teeth uh, on a lot of them. Um, but you can feel a little bit more confident that you've incorporated all the opinions, all the information that you need to, that you're assessing everything the right way, and that, you know, you're doing the right thing ultimately for the future of your organization. You know, it's one of the things that I talked to a veteran GM. He said, nowadays, you don't he, he, I don't know if this is true or not, but he said, you don't see as many trades because teams might overvalue their own guys a little bit more, or because of social media, because of you know, blowback and everything else, there might be that hesitancy. Now, listen, I, I did the exercise, and I, 
maybe I'm off by one or two players, but you had 57 guys, 30 of them came via trades. You're not afraid to make trades. But to get the part of it of being criticized is one thing. The other part about it, about we drafted this guy, we nurtured this guy, we see the best in this guy, that's also probably a pretty hard thing to break off from when you're doing those 30 trades. Yeah, I think, you know, to some degree you are going to do that as much as you try to control for it. There is a lot of pride, especially in players that that you developed yourself, and there should be. That's important for an organization. I think it's something with the Rays we took seriously, and, uh, you know, how, how, how can you not take it seriously? It's so much of the satisfaction of what we do, and I think it is really good, you know, for fans of a team, too, to have followed those players as they come up and, you know, as they establish themselves. Uh, so, you know, I do think it's a factor with every club, and I'm sure, you know, it, it's basically impossible to fully, you know, detach from it. But at the same time, um, you know, I never looked at it there and I don't think that uh organizationally you know the Rays would say they did that it's part of the philosophy to go make a lot of trades as much as it is we're you know we're trying to better the organization however we can Mm -hmm. and so we have to be open to all opportunities to do that and you know the process that we set up and the openness to that might lead us to make more moves but not because we think moves in and of themselves are, are something that we're looking to do we're just looking to do the best thing for the organization and take advantage of every possible opportunity to do that. You've been about a week and a half. You've been here. Um, Has it been what you thought it would be in the week and a half in terms of crash course? Uh, There's a lot to get your head around. You know, whether it's the analytics department, you know, looking under that hood, whether it's the knowing the, the players to a different level that you knew them before, has it felt like a crash course? For sure. Uh, you know, you can you can think about what that might be like from the outside, and in broad strokes, it kind of has been like that, but living it, obviously, is a unique experience. Uh, I feel fortunate to be going through it. It's it, it, it comes at you quickly in part because, you know, especially being in one place for 15 years, I'm used to knowing an organization mm-hmm. inside and out mm-hmm. and having a lot of very strong relationships with all of the staff. You know, I come here and I don't have that, and I'm trying to get up to speed very quickly. And there's no shortcuts. Some of that is going to develop over the course of this winter and over the course of the coming years, really. Mm. Um, but what has stood out to me, uh, you know, as I've tried to prioritize uh, getting to know people, getting to know our information, you know, we still have an off-season to conduct here, and we need to be ready to do that, mm. uh, even as there's some things that I'm still getting familiar with and some processes and, you know, programs that I'm not as familiar with yet. Uh, that I'll get familiar with over time. The thing that has stood out even more than I expected when I came in is just the quality of the people Mm -hmm. and how enjoyable it has been to get to know them better. You know, I said it when I got here uh, as a rival, as a competitor, I had such a high opinion of so many people in this organization and how they, you know, work together. And coming in here, it's even exceeded my expectations. Mm -hmm. We got some really good people here. Uh, They have welcomed me beyond anything that I could have possibly expected. Mm -hmm. Um, which says something, you know, about who they are, because obviously then a lot of these folks know each other a lot better than they know me. Uh, and it's just been really nice to get to know them. And I'm hopeful that as time goes on and these relationships get stronger, I'll find more and more ways to, to help them succeed. So along those lines of using the week and a half to get to know everything, you were barraged with the Mookie Best question the other day. And um, you smartly said, I just got here. I need a way. Give me some time. I'm not. I'm not asking you to say, "Hey, you're gonna." Can't use that excuse anymore. Can't use that excuse. 
Um, just say that there's an out, a certain outfielder who just won the gold glove if that you had to get to know better. How uh, impactful has that week and a half been in terms of, in that instance, of getting to know his entire situation? I certainly know a lot more than I did, you know, on the day that I got here, and not just about him, but about a lot of guys. And I think obviously, rightly so, because, um, you know, of where, you know, everything that obviously, you know, surrounds his situation, but chiefly because of how excellent a player he is, rightly so. That is, seems to be, you know, the number one topic yeah, on everybody's nice throw mind. In Tampa, by the way. He did, yes, yeah. Yes. I, he's just a phenomenal yeah. player. Um, obviously, saw that up close over the years with the Rays. Um, you know, it's something that everybody in our industry appreciates. Um, and, you know, I'm still getting to know him, but everything I know about him as a human being is also phenomenal. He's a pretty special person. Have you got a chance to talk to him? Recently? I did, yeah. yeah okay. I, I did talk to him a little bit, you know, early on. Um, and, of course, you know, there's no shortcuts to building relationships, but uh, that that's something that, you know, and I've, I've still got some work to do on that front with our group as a whole, but I've tried to reach out to a number of the guys. Mm -hmm. uh, they've all been great. Um, and that's been that's been really nice. So I know a little more than I did uh, in terms of, you know, getting my arms around the situation and, and, you know, as a group, you know, figuring out, you know, how we're going to address it. But in, you know, in that regard, I'm not sure it's it's different than uh, any situation with any player. It's a little more visible. Uh, obviously, it's, it's an elite player in a situation that's going to get a lot of attention. But, you know, I think it, it is. It's the same process of getting to know the situation as it would be really with anything going on in the organization. It's a long off season. There's a lot. To, you know, we want everything to here and the now, um, and these off seasons are longer than ever now. But there, there is also that narrative of the J. And I think the owner said it. I mean, the JD Martinez decision was going to basically be the springboard. When he makes a decision the other day, does that? Do you get the sense? Okay, now we sort of know what we're dealing with a little bit better. Was that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, certainly, um, you know, JD and, you know, rightly so, uh, you know, through, through, you know, not just what's in his contract, but obviously he's, he's an elite player. He had the right to make a decision uh, for himself, and he should be able to make that decision with his own interests in mind. We're happy that he chose to stay. Were you surprised? Um, or you know, did you, were, you, were you like me? Were you 50-50? I don't know that I had too many preconceived notions mm -hmm. on what he was going to do. Um, I'm not sure it would have been fair for me to come in here with that uh, mm -hmm. because I recognize in a lot of these cases it's easy for us to say, well, the player should do this, the player should do that. And there are some cases where, you know, the, the it might be very clear from the outside. But we also have to recognize that these are personal personal decisions. And by having these, you know, contractually what the player has is a right to make a decision for himself. Uh, so I would never want to assume that I know everything that's going to go into that decision, mm -hmm. you know, for a player. But again, knowing, obviously, certainly the caliber of hitter that he is and uh, the impact that he has on others on this club, um, you know, we're, we're thrilled that he decided it must, to It's a weird, it, it, because I don't, I don't remember an offseason like this where you have such a, a, an early decision that is going to shape so much. And I would imagine, I don't know if you have, like, here's my piece of paper for if J.D. stays, here's my piece of paper if he doesn't. But in the back of your head, you must be thinking the two different scenarios, right? Yeah, to some yeah. degree. I mean, you know that, uh, obviously, if he had opted out. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, we're never going to talk to him again. We would have wanted to, you know, stay in contact and let the offseason play out. Uh, but it's obviously a little bit of a different uh, board, so to speak, than, than if he's here. 
Mm. Um, the options that you might be looking at at that point would be a little different. Mm -hmm. um, now we still, especially early on in the off season, we still our responsibility is to explore as many options as we can. You know, with it, with everybody, with this whole roster, to see, you know, to look under every every rock to try to get better and to try to find things that work for the organization and the big picture. So, I don't think it necessarily changes the number of things that we might explore, but certainly you're looking at a somewhat different set of possibilities if he opts out than if he stays. When you look at, it's 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 a cliche to say, well, you have to. It's a different environment in Tampa and going building a team that way compared to building a team in Boston. So now that you're in the middle of it. Does it, does it, like you said, you have to look under every rock, you have to approach it the same way, but does it feel a little bit different? Because there was no scenario in Tampa where you were waiting to see if a guy was going to opt into a 23 plus million dollar deal. There was no scenario in Tampa where you're trying to make a decision on a contract that could be $300 million. So does it feel different now? There are aspects of it that are yeah. different, for sure, um, and should be. You know, every every organization is different, um, and every organization has, uh, you know, different opportunities and different challenges. And, you know, my job here, obviously, I think there's a lot of things that we did, uh, you know, with the Rays that I, I think are applicable anywhere. Um, but it, it's not, you know, just to, to take that exact same mindset and bring it here. My job here is to understand the challenges and the opportunities with this organization mm -hmm. and to take everything that I know and, and try to me mesh that with the group Has to make sure fun? we're doing the right thing. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, fun. it's different. Yeah. Like, right, like you said, you've been doing so the something for it, a long time in one place. and It has been, and, you know, I, I spoke about it, you know, when I came here, and I'm still unafraid to say it even though we're competing. I, I love so many of the people that I worked with with mm -hmm. the Rays and, and always will. Um, so as much as, uh, you know, that is the case, and I, there's a lot of things, you know, at, at time of transition that you miss and a lot of people that you miss, it's been really energizing and fun, uh, you know, to think about, you know, this challenge and what's in front of us and the opportunities that we have. And so, yeah, it's a different, it is a different, uh, you know, set of challenges. But at the same time, you know, we're still talking about the game of baseball here. Mm -hmm. uh, talent is still talent. You know, value is still value. And I, I think, you know, it, we, we, it's not like, you know, I come here and we're playing a different sport. So I think a lot of those things and, and the, the values of, uh, you know, of working together, of having a good process, of asking good questions, of, you know, being unafraid to look at things a little differently, to innovate, to make sure that we are on the cutting edge of what's going on in the sport, those can and should apply anywhere. Do you get the, when you, like you said, with uh, the group that, that was already here, it'd be interesting to me to see how things lined up with how, you, you, you know, you kind of viewed things in Tampa, the players, and now you get to see behind the scenes of their, their power rankings of players. When you see, like, how they view the same sort of players, are you like, oh, yeah, we were thinking along the same lines. Do you get that? And not to say that everyone is going to be the same. but Yeah, in a lot of cases, yes. Yeah. And that's been interesting. Um, you know, you never know. Uh, and I think increasingly we have seen in this business and in the game of baseball that a lot of the thought processes that have been successful for certain organizations, they spread quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't expect to come in here and – you know, sit with our folks and, and see just this categorically different view of the world. Um, but there are always going to be differences uh, in how everybody, you know, looks at things. And those have is there, is it, is it as too. much of, of, like you said, I think that across baseball, it's maybe more universal than ever before. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But is it more universal with these two organizations than you thought? 
Um, or is it, are, are, are there some, some surprising differences too? Without You don't have to obviously. Yeah, there are story. some, uh, yeah. but I expected there to be some. So in that sense, it's not overly surprising. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I knew enough about the people in the organization to expect that there were going to be a lot of things that we would, uh, you know, really vibe well on in terms of how we saw the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually excited by those differences. I think that's, you know, where there are differences, that's got a chance to make us all better. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that I'm right or they're right. It, it's really less about that as it is like we're going to put our heads together. And, you know, for a snapshot in time, because, of course, my knowledge of the inside knowledge of the Rays is not ongoing anymore, mm. but for a snapshot in time, we have a chance to to compare some things that I think have a chance to make the Red Sox. Did better. you go to Zach? Did you say did Zach Scott take the veil off the <laughs> off the computer? And you're like, oh man, that's neat. You know? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I we, there there was no. Uh, grand unveiling i think it's a an ongoing process of exploring all the nooks and crannies of of what we've got well along those lines this is sort of a nuts and bolts question i talked to zach about you know they're trying to play catch up and and one of the biggest things that he had mentioned was the communication of getting the information to the players and and you guys i think that it's universally thought that tampa was ahead of the curve in regards to this what is if, if if you're saying if the Red Sox are saying we have to get better at this we have to have a better way of getting the information to translate to the field, what what's something that you did in Tampa that you felt like would be effective that you might be able to carry over? Well, I think it's premature to say you know that there's something specific as a diagnosis for the Red Sox situation just because I'm still learning that situation yeah. and you know so far obviously I had a lot of conversations with Alex. I've talked to a number of the staff and I know there's obviously been a little bit of change on the staff too. So you know some of that, some of which was already in motion before I got here. Um, but I think I I'm excited to see both what I can learn and the progress that we can make just by you know getting everybody in a room that's going to be a part of this in terms of getting that information and making it actionable and, and having some discussions. I think you know through that, I will learn a little bit more about what's going on here. I'll be able to compare it to my own experiences. I'll, I'm guessing there will be some things that I see where I say, hey, maybe we could do this a little differently or a little bit better. But I might also find some things that you know, I, that I want to pull out and say, hey, this is really good. We should do more of this. Mm -hmm. We should emphasize this. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are going to be some of those things. And I think that process is going to be, you know, even accelerated by now having some new faces on the staff and having their experiences join this conversation mm -hmm. and figuring out how we all can do it better. What's the coolest message you got from from somebody? I mean, <laughs> going back, this is way back. Kevin Kennedy was the manager here. And his whole wall was... <laughs> telegrams. I mean, that shows you how far along I go, what it was like. But there must be, and I know a lot of people say congratulations and text you, but what's the coolest thing? What was the coolest one? Gosh, there were, there were so many of them. This and isn't I actually, slighting all the No, others, no, no. And I got through the, the process of, you know, I wanted to make sure, and it has uh, taken uh, a little while, and, you know, some, when you're, when you're sitting on the plane and you can't have your computer out, that's been prime text responding time for me. <laughs> Um, t but I wanted to make sure I responded to every one of them. I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to blank on what the actual coolest one was, but you know, what I found really great was, uh, honestly, um, you know, a lot of the relationships that I have at the Rays, uh, when people reach out, um, and they, in their message, you know, it's not just the congratulations that they articulated something, whether it was a particular moment or, just the way that they articulated something about the relationship that I had with them that was meaningful to them. Because um, I know how meaningful those relationships are to me. And, you, you know, you like to think that, that you are having some kind of an impact. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, to hear some people that uh, that I work with or some people that I thought I tried to help along the way and uh, single out something that they actually felt was helpful to them mm-hmm. just made me happy. It made me feel, um, you know, that a lot of that was reciprocated and, and that a lot of what I was trying to do interpersonally to try to lift up the people around me was landing. And that, that, that was an awesome feeling. So not, not like an old coach, nothing? <laughs> no, I mean, I, there were probably some... Uh, you know, I got some from, you know, coming out of the woodwork, too, people that I hadn't talked oh, yeah, to in a while. Um, I'm expecting there might be a little bit of a lag, and then eventually they'll start asking for tickets, I'm guessing. Well, that's the thing. Um, you're very brave, because I know that it was perceived as a plus that well, your wife is from Lexington. Is that right? She is, yeah. Yes, well, yeah, wait wait till you start fending off the tickets. I mean, you, you probably got a load of it when every time you came to Boston, so... But that's all right. It's all good. You make the trade-off. Yeah, if that is the worst problem that I have, I will be a happy man. Um, last thing is, there's nothing to do with that. I'm just thinking, what is the first trade that you made? Um, that I personally... Yeah, that you oh, like... Gosh, that, I'm trying that, to remember. That you tried the, um, I've never made a trade, so I don't know what it feels like to make a trade. So I'm and, trying to remember trying what to it was. back to when you, you felt like me. <laughs> And I'm actually, I, I honestly couldn't really? tell you what the first one was. It was not a major deal. I, I, I know that. Um, but I actually can't remember oh, what really? the first one was. You've yeah. So I have a, does that, I have a, does that, when I say 30 trades, that sounds about right, right? Yeah. And look, it wasn't just me. I, I think that's no, I know, important I know, to, I know. to put out there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, certainly Eric um, over the years, Matt, uh, you know, and, and others. And it's a group effort, really, mm-hmm. that I think that's really important not to lose. And it's something that's going to be really big here. Mm-hmm. You know, you ultimately you know i might be the one on the phone or you know boh might be the one on the phone or somebody else might be the one on the phone but if we are doing our jobs well every trade is going to have dozens of fingerprints on it and i think that more than anything to the extent that we were able to have success doing that with the raise it was because um you know that success had a lot of fathers and it wasn't just one person and it it can't be if you're going to have a really good process okay i told you you got a question I do have a question for uh, you, and oh, I appreciate wow. you warning me that I was going to well, need to ask you a question. Always, it never works out well when so I don't. <laughs> it's probably going to be a little while before I can really take people up on all this advice. Yeah. But um, at some point, I'll probably have a little bit of time to uh, to get out around the city a little bit more. And granted, I've been here a lot, but I don't know it super well. And I want to know, you know, where... Uh, where If there's one place that I should go for Italian food, where should oh, I really? go? Oh, really? Oh, see... This, this, you can name more than one if you'd rather. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to ask you to if, play favorites. If, you, if, that if I did, if I did the top five questions, which I would have no useful answer for, it would be this. It was I, so. Is there another type of food that? No, nah, I mean, like, like, like I, so I go over to Honeygrove, like here. So I live up on the North Shore, you know, up uh, up by Gloucester and everything uh-huh. else like that. So I could tell you a million different places, but I, I just know that, like, okay, where can I get in and out of here around here? But I, I don't think you can go wrong with any any place. I mean, that's you know, let's just say that uh, Jen, a friend of mine used to work in the industry. Jen Royal has a restaurant called Table. You know, Jen. So Jen Royal used to be a reporter in Boston, Baltimore. So, she opened up a restaurant in North End. North oh, yeah. End is Italian. Yep. It's it's called Table. I'm just giving him a free plug. Awesome. All so, right. Well. Yeah. So so there you go. But I'll I have to check it out. Uh, I, I, if, if you ask me where you should go, I would go say go up to Crane's Beach up in Ipswich, and just walk up and down, which I do almost every morning to clear my head of. That, that this actually chaos. was my backup question. Okay. Was, and I know we're getting towards a, a time of year when it's probably going to start being a little less it's comfortable better. to walk outside. It's better. 
what, what's a good what's a good walk if you just need a walk to, around to think around the bit. river around the river but if you want to go 30 minutes 40 minutes north you might bump into me i just like <laughs> serenity now serenity now i really Perfect. appreciate you joining me you Next bet time. thanks for having me Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Ever wonder what it's like to play in an MLB game? Play Loud is your exclusive look into the fun of the game as we mic up the league's biggest stars and follow them with dedicated cameras both on and off the field. Watch game time reactions to some of the biggest plays and follow your favorite players as they chat in the dugout with their teammates between innings. You never know what you're going to see or hear. It's baseball like you've never watched before. Tune in for new episodes of Play Loud only on the MLB YouTube channel. MLB YouTube channel.